Today's guest on Fashion for All, the Smart Glimmer podcast, is Alexandra Castro. Alex falls under the model category of types of guests we'll be chatting with on the podcast. I'll let her introduce herself properly. Enjoy our conversation. Hi, Alex. Thanks for joining me. Hey, girl. How's it going? <laughs> Good. Um, can you introduce yourself, please, however you'd like? Absolutely. So my name is Alex or Alexandra Castro, if you're naughty. Um, I'm an official but not really official backup dancer of Beyonce and today's her birthday. So, you know, <laughs> she might call me later for her party. No, just kidding. Um, I am a 30-something-year-old living in New York City, uh, originally from Texas, now living in New York. And uh, yeah, I'm just here doing the thing, working a nine to five and hustling on the side like many other New Yorkers. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. my pronouns are she, her, hers. Fabulous. Mine as well. Um, so do you slash uh, call slash consider yourself uh, a model and why, why not? You know, for the longest time, I didn't, even though I was like going through full photo shoots and I was like in a magazine. And at one time I had like a modeling agency and it took me so long to call myself a model. Um, so I guess the <laughs> the answer is yes, I do consider myself a model. Absolutely. I say it loud and proud now when people ask me, but it took me forever to get to that point. And I think it's just because it almost sounded silly to say it out loud to be like, I'm a model because I am not tall at all they don't make um <laughs> they don't make us Mexicans very tall so I'm super short and, uh, <laughs> and my whole family's short you know so I'm not tall I'm not thin I'm not white and so that was just kind of the representation that had been in front of me for years so whenever I got into modeling and mind you it was an accident how I got into modeling um <laughs> I was just like I mean I model but I'm not a model and now I'm like yeah no I'm a model and I model so it took a, mm-hmm. it took a minute to get to this uh, confidence in my life. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, I know what you look like, but in case somebody's listening to this and they don't, how would you describe your appearance? Definitely petite, um, very plus size. Like if we want to go off crappy standard U.S. charts, you know, I'm about a size 16, 18. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I kind of have a curvy figure depending on what I wear that day, but I'm super short, um, petite. Uh, I'm Mexican-American, so I definitely don't look um, white. I, I look <laughs> non-white. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess it's, I always find it hard to describe myself because sometimes I see myself one way and people are like, you look like this. And I'm like, oh, but I guess in a nutshell, I'm just a, a short, curvy Mexican girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how you describe yourself shouldn't have anything to do with how other people see you. I know, but you know, sometimes this stuff gets in your head. I'm like, wait, what do I, am I, am I like, you know, so it's just uh, mm-hmm. second guessing and self-doubt sometimes you. creeps in. <laughs> I feel you. And I, I understand like that, um, that feeling behind like, oh, it sounds silly to be like, I'm a model. And I think that's probably because of just the, uh, all the stuff that's just like been attached to the word. Like, I feel like it's such a. It's exclusive. It's very exclusive. (laughs) It's like you had to also I used to view models as like people that probably had money, which was something I never had growing up. It wasn't until maybe the last few years I actually was comfortable with finances, even in the midst of a pandemic, I feel very comfortable. And I'm very fortunate. But like that word was just so exclusive. I was like, 
I have no part in that. So yeah, I was just like, do I have the right to call myself a model? And it, and I was even booking gigs and stuff like that where I would get paid, you know? So it was one of those weird complexes that I went through <laughs> and like, yeah. yeah, it took a minute to be like, I model and I am a model. <laughs> yeah. It's like imposter syndrome. Exactly. That's what it is. And imposter I also think syndrome. that's the, Yeah. And I also think that's why, um, personally, why I think it's uh, so impactful to, you know, tell all of my Smart Glamour models that they are models. And I hope that, you know, they do take on that term if they ch- if they choose to, of course. But I do think that, um, you know, it's a powerful thing to take the word and subvert it and, and change its meaning or expand, expand its meaning, I think is probably a better way to say that. Absolutely. And I I definitely give you and like Smart Glamour a lot of credit and like helping me finally just be like, I model and I am a model because, you know, I had walked a few fashion shows prior to meeting you and and getting to work with you. And also just the treatment outside of (laughs) the Smart Glamour world is so different. And, you know, when I finally got to modeling and and booking gigs and and walking in shows, I was like, this kind of sucks. They treat you crappy. You know, they make you feel like an object and like they talk at you, not to you. And then whenever Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to get cast in one of your shows and thankfully to become friends with you, I was like, oh, oh, this is probably what everything should feel like. But, (laughs) (laughs) but it doesn't. And I feel like, if I were probably, you know, a, a cis white woman who was tall, thin, and maybe had like big credits under my name, they probably would have treated me like the way you treat everybody. But <laughs> I hadn't had that experience at all. And I'm talking about like, I would, you know, get to work with, well, I shouldn't name drop anybody. But I used to work with brands that are established. <laughs> and I would be like, oh, y'all are not friendly. <laughs> y'all kind of suck. Mm. Um, so, you know, I was very thankful to come across, you know, your company and then hearing you uh, refer to everybody as a model. doesn't matter if you had never stepped foot on a runway or it doesn't matter if you've walked 100,000 runways. Everybody in that room, whenever we walk for you as a model, and that was so important and and vital into my journey into like self-acceptance of like, girl, you actually model. So yeah, (laughs) call yourself that. (laughs) Like, why not? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, part of the reason or where that that treatment came from was, you know, back way before I ever launched Mark Glamour, I modeled. And um, yeah, I mean, it's not that I was necessarily treated in any like uh, overly discriminatory, uh, terrible way. I mean, I am a straight size white cis woman. But just in general, the whole, you know, being spoken to you like you're an object, having your time, mm-hmm. just like either wasted or just not respected, you know, not getting all the details up front, not knowing what exactly is going to happen before you get there. Like all that stuff just is really hard to navigate. And so from the jump, I tried to make sure that none of that would happen to anyone that works for me. Oh my God. Um, You you said, Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, go ahead. Go, go. I was going to say you saying the word wasted time just triggered my memory that not only was I disrespected on some sets, just like talked to in a terrible way, but there had been a few occasions. um, I had booked a a fashion show in Brooklyn one time. And again, the casting people enjoyed me and they thought I had a great look and they were all for me. When I got to the runway show or like, you know, our, our rehearsal and I got to meet the designer, 
she was like, I'm not dressing you. I don't have anything for you. You're too short. And I was like, cool. So I wasted my time. And that's just disrespectful. Like, uh, so yeah, you saying that just jogged my memory that that has happened to me too. And that kind of would creep in my head like, well, wait, am I a model? Because obviously this designer is is not going to work with me and doesn't have anything for me. And she just told me she's not going to dress me, you know, so things like that have um, have happened to me prior to meeting you. Because now I only really work with you. Like that everyone is- else couldn't take a backseat, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is just so, I mean, it's, it is completely believable. So I'm not going to say it's not believable, but it's, that's just like beyond um, disrespectful and inappropriate. And I'm, I'm sorry sorry that that happened to you but again doesn't surprise me unfortunately yeah it doesn't but (laughs) i'm happy to have been uh (laughs) like opened up to a whole new world aka your company (laughs) so aside from the modeling aspect just talking about like the fashion aspect as far as just like clothes shopping um that kind of of portion of the industry pre meeting me pre smart glamour what was your relationship with that like it was very indifferent. I feel like I really didn't have a sort of a style or a say in how I can want to dress because, you know, my resources were so limited, not only just um, not making a lot of money, but just the sizes, you know, being a petite plus size woman, like, or being a plus size person rather, um, you know, it was so hard to come by in a store. And so I just didn't feel like at all um interested in it I mean I liked seeing you know award shows and seeing people dress up and I loved looking at magazines and seeing all these gorgeous like clothes but I was like well that's not for me so I'm just gonna you know keep looking at it and um I was I'm a theater person and even when I was in theater it would be the same thing like I would get cast in something and I'm like oh well like I'm not gonna wear a great costume because they probably can't find something to fit me so it was just like I had this like I don't know, flase, if that's even a word, a real word. <laughs> I had just like kind of a whatever relationship with it, but I would like, you know, materials and I would like garments. When I was in college, I took costume design and I learned how to sew and all that. So it was super exciting, but I always felt that like I would just be like contributing that way if I ever wanted to like dabble with fashion, like just basically be somebody that will help contribute to it, but never actually participate in it. So it was just kind of very indifferent. Um, I, I would just literally <laughs> wear whatever was cheapest, whatever I could find. And, um, you know, usually I, it was something I wasn't crazy about and I would try to bring my own style to it, but I just didn't really, I didn't really know how to do that. And I don't know. It was just, I was very, very indifferent with the word fashion, with the fashion culture itself. And, um, yeah, I, I just kind of felt very excluded from it. just, and again, going back to like, um, we've talked about this before. It's just like representation. So like, I didn't see anybody that even looked Mexican, like on any sort of fashion advertisements, or there wasn't any like Mexican stores that like, were out there or had big presence in any sort of <laughs> fashion realm. And I don't know. So it was just very mm-hmm. exclusive. And I just didn't really care for it too much. And um, it took me a minute to actually be like, no, wait, I can find clothes that like make me look and feel good. And, you know, it's out there and there is an affordable way to get it. And so, yeah, it took a lot of unlearning too, because I was just conditioned to believe that it most likely wasn't out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think just in general, it's very hard to um, 
feel like you are allowed to participate in something if you don't see yourself represented and you see yourself actively excluded. I mean, why why would you? <laughs> that that would take an incredible amount of mm-hmm. um, imagination and and uh, courage and uh, who knows what else to be like. No, I'm going to insert myself here, even though I, I you know everyone is telling me no. Um, And also magic tricks, because if plus size clothing doesn't exist, uh, I don't know, you can't will it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Just even even today, like, so just like a little bit of background, I'm living not in my normal space. And so I actually came to a point today where I was like, I think I'm going to run out of clothes by tomorrow and I need to be in this space for a few more days. So I had to run down the street to go to a fast fashion place. And just it, it, it triggered all these memories of when I was younger, like going to a rack, seeing an outfit that I really thought was cute, and then going to find my size, I have to go all the way to the end of the rack, and then it's not there. <laughs> so that mm-hmm. was definitely happening today. And it took me an hour to have just to find two outfits that I can have like last me through the weekend because I was going to run out, I'm going to run out of uh, outfits by tomorrow <laughs> and I have to be here for a few more days. So uh, it just, it was funny. And in preparations for this, I was like, this, this, this is exactly like what I went through as a kid and what I went through, like when I was trying to even have an interest in fashion, I would go to stores, see things I like, see a mannequin that was like half my size, go to the outfit, go to the end of the rack because I already knew bigger sizes were there. And then it still wasn't there. And I'm just like, well, Okay. Now what do I do? Hi. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hi. so let's let's talk about some positives. So how has your relationship to fashion and or modeling? We talked about a little bit, but what changed since uh modeling for Smart Glamour, which you have been modeling for Smart Glamour since spring of 2016 yes so that's february Mm -hmm. 2016 Mm -hmm. i remember it was um i love telling this story and you know i'm gonna tell it because i just have to Um, (laughs) okay (laughs) because i just got to it just you know i was i was doing all these auditions i was going out for not just modeling gigs but you know for acting gigs and i came across your notice and i was like wow this company is really looking for all bodies okay (laughs) sounds like a scam. And I was like, but you know, let me go because, you know, I'm an actor and we take crazy risks or we take wild risks. So I I went and, you know, you were so just chill and you were just easygoing. And it was like, oh, this person is actually really, truly looking for all, you know, sizes and types of people. And oh my God, this person is the real deal. So Ever since having that, and then going to like the first runway experience, I'm sorry, the first photo shoot experience with all the different bodies and all the different types of folks that were in that room, I was like, this, this is real. Like, I'm not dreaming. What is happening? I'm like, did I take drugs before I got here? Like, is there <laughs> like a mushroom in my body, like where I'm living in an alternate universe? But, you know, so that kind of started to, 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 help me unlearn that fashion has just been exclusive and it truly can be inclusive, like the environment you curate all the time for the models and for everybody involved in your company. So ever since that moment, it was just like an uphill, like, you know what? I can actually participate in things like this. I just have to, you know, uh, see who's running these companies and we have to hold these companies accountable if they say they're going to be like inclusive and they're going to be, you know, body positive or um, that's a term that I have like a hard time saying sometimes just because I feel like it's silly that we have to have a word for <laughs> just loving your body or, you know, being okay with your body. But it started to change after that first fashion show in uh, 2016. And um, uh, 
yeah, it just made me feel more confident. It made me feel like I can go and insert myself in places because that's what it is, right? It's like all these companies that have been around, like the the Calvin Kleins of the world and even the fashion overs of the world, they make you feel like you can't insert yourself into their space because they only carry this size. You know, they only have these types of people on their pages and, you know, they only are going to have their price points at this and this. And, you know, it's, it's only in their best interest, like to make money. So the clothing is just going to be super, either super inexpensive and not well made, or it's going to be way too expensive and not accessible. So Mm -hmm. it started to change after that point. And there really hasn't been any going back. It's rare when I go into a a fast fashion store, like I had to experience today. Um, But I was desperate. Mm -hmm. And I hate being at that. I hate having that feeling of like, Oh, great. Here I I got to go into a store. But um, the experience with you and your company has like opened other doors. And like, I've gotten to be included in, you know, news publications because of participating in that and having like a confidence built from participating with your show. And I was so honored to like even be included in some of these things where I was just like, well, oh my God, me loving my body and like being okay and inserting myself in in into places like this is what's going to happen oh my god and so (laughs) it's kind of just helped me have a new outlook on it and I definitely feel more confident now and I wear whatever the hell I want (laughs) Mm -hmm. I definitely don't care what anybody has to say about what I wear and that was another thing is you know my my first outfit with you was a a two-piece and I was so nervous and like I remember you were like oh like you know you can wear it like this or you can wear it like that whatever you're comfortable with and I was like it's two pieces like I'm gonna show a bit of (laughs) oh my god I'm gonna show skin like oh my god no one's gonna want to look at this and I don't even want to look at it and then like that became one of my favorite outfits it's still one of my favorite outfits I love wearing that little top (laughs) underneath like a a shirt or with jeans or however with another skirt like uh, it was just so refreshing and eye-opening I think to have that reassurance and so now I've translated that feeling across everything I wear I'm like yeah I can wear this I can show off that and it doesn't matter (laughs) yeah that outfit um that was the Betty uh sweetheart strapless top and the Colette pleated skirt in a floral print that is sadly no longer um, but those are definitely two of the like recurring and never never leaving <laughs> Mark Clever pieces. <laughs> um, and you know it's so interesting because I really do try to put people in outfits that um, they will like. Although obviously the the very first time somebody models with me, I have less information to go off of because it's you know I just met them, mm-hmm. so it's kind of going off of what they wore to the casting and what their energy felt like. Um, but sometimes, I mean, I I have gotten feedback multiple times from people like what you just said that like, oh, it's it's something that you liked, but maybe you didn't think you could wear and then you wore it and now you like it and, and it has expanded your horizons. And that's kind of happened accidentally, you know, um, <laughs> multiple times throughout the years with multiple people. So I, I'm glad that 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 occurs. Um, but I also do think it's so important to make sure that the models know that like, if they truly are uncomfortable wearing something, they can tell me that. And I will, I will absolutely switch their outfit, which I've also done that multiple times for people. Um, because there's no point in having an uncomfortable model in my opinion, you know, like that not only is that going to harm them, but it's also going to harm me. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. want somebody, 
um, modeling something they're uncomfortable in. That's not that's not going to sell a garment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And again, like going back to some of the shows I used to walk in, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like it. And it wasn't it just wasn't my cup of tea, whatever it was, but I was willing to model it. And like, I feel like if I were to speak up, they probably would have fired me. So, um, you know, coming into right. your coming into your space and you being very like, no, like let's communicate. I want to make sure you feel comfortable. Like that was a life changing. I was like, Oh yeah, we can actually ask for or, or express our feelings because (laughs) we're human beings. And so, Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. That just like completely changed the game for me. I was like, this is dope. I can actually say how I feel (laughs) and it shouldn't even be that revolutionary, but it was. (laughs) Yeah, it surely shouldn't. I mean, I don't understand um, why companies feel like they need to treat models like clothes hangers and not like fully rounded human beings. But I mean, you know, there's a difference between, you know, modeling something for a company one time and maybe it's not something that you would have personally bought or whatever Mm -hmm. versus like being uncomfortable in something because maybe it shows parts of your body that you don't prefer to show or um it doesn't line up with your gender identity you know there's lots of different reasons and that that's different than like you know well i don't usually wear purple dresses i'd rather wear a black one you know something (laughs) like that but but um but i do i do over time you know try to um really hone in on people's style and, and give them things that i think that they would like so i'm i'm happy that that first outfit is something that you still like and you still wear because that was four years ago (laughs) I know the skirt um the skirt is more like I wear the top more because and the thing is that the skirt is something I would have worn no matter what like either coming into this new revolution of how I view fashion you know what I mean like I would have worn that skirt no matter what but it's the top that I would have never even looked at twice in a store I would have never even Mm -hmm. tried it on in private because you know, I hated looking at, I hated looking at myself and stuff like that in private. And so like now I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to bust this out. It's summertime. It's hot. I'm going to put it on and I'm going to wear like, you know, pants with it or a skirt with it or jeans. And I'm going to throw this, you know, so now it's one of those things where I just, if I can find something like that or, and I've ordered even from, from that moment to now I've ordered, you know, similar crop tops from you and I love wearing Mm -hmm. those. And I would have never in a million years prior to this, like, even bought anything remotely similar <laughs> like it had to cover my arms it had to cover my stomach and now I'm like I really don't care it can show all of that <laughs> <laughs> and how else would you like to see the fashion industry as a whole continue to change in the future oh my goodness there's so many different parts of the fashion industry that I, I want to see change so bad I mean Um, the first part of the industry, which really affects, you know, people of color and a lot of my, I feel, I want to say like me, like my people is the labor Mm -hmm. part of it. You know, the ethical part of fashion, it affects so many people of color, lots of Latinx and indigenous women and, you know, LA working in these factories for brands like Fashion Nova and all these other big companies, these multimillion dollar companies, and they pay them dirt and they have terrible work conditions. And so, I mean, that's one of the most important things I would love to see change. And it, and you show that that can be done. It's really not that hard, like to employ people and treat them right. And, you know, make a profit of some sort and, and run a, an, an ethical company. So like, that's one of the most important things I think for me, even though I don't necessarily make clothes, but 
God, like treating people like they're less than and not paying them what they're worth is just terrible. It's, it's the worst. And some of these people, you know, that they, they are spending all their day, they're spending eight to 10 hours to 12 hours, you know, in this terrible environment, like that's really damaging. And they're not even making enough money to feed their families. And so like, that's definitely one of the, the top that I just want to see if I can snap my fingers and change something overnight about fashion. I feel like that would be one of the firsts because mm-hmm. that has to do with, you know, human lives that are creating clothing that every, you know, all of us, we all wear clothing for the most part, mm-hmm, <laughs> I feel, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. <laughs> and then of course representation, which has always been such um, a big pet peeve of mine. You know, I still to this day, you know, rarely see, people of color in big magazines. I rarely see trans people in big magazines. I rarely see disabled folks. I rarely see, you know, indigenous people, indigenous to America. Like I never see those folks in any sort of big media campaigns. And if they are part of these media campaigns, it's it just feels very tokenized and very fake and just like lip service because, you know, a lot of us nowadays are, are not afraid to hold companies accountable and we're not afraid to like um spend our money elsewhere so i feel like these companies are some of them are catching on but it just feels again like so tokenized like they're like okay well um for black history month we'll have a black um a model and then we're gonna go back to our regular bullshit Mm -hmm. so you know Mm -hmm. that has just been one of my pet peeves i mean i never once growing up saw anybody that looked like me i still rarely do um yeah. It just depends on where I'm looking. You know, I try to curate my my social media feeds to have a lot of, you know, Latinx people and indigenous people so I can just constantly see the beauty. But whenever I step out of my own bubble, I get very disappointed again <laughs> and I get very mm-hmm. upset. So, you know, representation. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I mean, what, you, what you're mentioning with um these brands is kind of tokenizing um, people to like cash in on quote unquote diversity um you know it's something that i see all the time and i i'm just like obsessed i'm obsessed with it so i this like whenever i see it um <laughs> either either images that like all of a sudden a brand that never used to do that is now doing this or if there's a brand um promoting themselves and you know using the words all all sizes or all bodies or everybody mm-hmm. i immediately dive in and i'm like okay time to do my research and i go to their website i click through not just their their social media feeds, but their actual website. Okay, who are the models that are literally doing mm-hmm. your commercial shoots, wearing your products? What does your size chart look like? Because that's wonderful if you're going to hire, you know, one plus size black person one time and put them throughout your, your Instagram. But if as soon as that person drops off the feed it's back to normal and you go to a website, your website and you don't even see that person. Like then, then what are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> or, or they'll bring somebody in that doesn't even fit their standard size chart and they'll right. make them something custom. And mm-hmm. then you, you think, Oh, I'm that, I look like I'm that size. I'm going to go get something and, and you're excluded. Or you can only buy, you know, two things from this special collection that we made with this person, <laughs> but the rest of our regular clothes, no, no, <laughs> definitely won't fit you. And yeah, it's definitely not in your price range. So oh, I, I, I just can't stand that is just this tokenized sort of thing. And you know, what really frustrated me is that, you know, um, everything that has been happening with Black Lives Matter and that all these big brands, it's, it's like people have been saying Black Lives Matter for 
uh, years since the 60s? Like, what? <laughs> and <laughs> and before that, and now they feel like they need to post a black square on social media and then just keep continuing, like, their day-to-day? Like, are you kidding me? Like, no, bring on a Black executive or bring on, you know, some Black photographers and bring on some Black designers and all that stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. this, this um, uprising and movement that's been going on, you know, since um, we've been in lockdown and uh, I guess it was kind of around George Floyd's death that kind of, and a little bit with Breonna Taylor's death and all that. It's just like, I saw all these big brands where I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, po- you're, you're posting a Black square. And it's been months and your, your feed looks pretty white to me <laughs> since then. And it's just, yeah, ugh, it's just, it's so painful to watch. And it's so disappointing because, you know, this is, <laughs> this is leaving out this group that you so-called are wanting to support and say that their lives matter. And I'm like, well, do they, do they to you? Or were you just doing this for a little trend and feels like the latter. <laughs> so Anyway, sorry to get on that soapbox. It's just like... No, please do. It's just so frustrating. And then I'm like, all right, what's coming up next? Hispanic Heritage Month? Great. We're probably going to see Hispanics for 15 days and then that's it. And so it's just like, I already expect it from these brands and it's so disappointing. You would think that they would be learning and listening, but they're just cashing in on a moment and then moving on. And, you know, I've, again, been curating my feed to just be a little bit more... (laughs) um, just to things that I like. And I started seeing these accounts that started like outing all the executives at all these companies. And of course, you mm-hmm. know, fashion brands are on there and it's just a bunch of white men. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, Oh God, this is painful. <laughs> They're yeah. not listening. They are just going with the moments, but. Right. I mean, I think that people, um, you know, it's very easy to like see something cute on Instagram and like shop it in three seconds. Mm-hmm. But if folks um, are interested in like, you know, really making a difference or helping to make a difference, you know, when you see something cute, take the extra two to five minutes and look into the company, you know, mm-hmm. like see, try to find out where they make their stuff, try to find out who owns the company. Um, and, you know, if, if, websites or clothing websites don't say where their clothes are made then that tells you all you need to know because people that are making things ethically put that information on their site because they want you to know that they're treating people um, properly Mm -hmm. and paying them appropriately so if you don't see any messaging about where things are made you can pretty much be sure that they're not being made ethically and then you know take an extra step and ask Send Mm -hmm. an email, send them a tweet, write on Instagram, and they're probably either not going to answer you or they're going to answer you back and give you a very, very, very vague answer. And like, then take your money elsewhere. I mean, it it truly, I mean, it's a small step, but it, it can make a difference. And then, you know, put your money into companies who are doing the things that you stand for and the things that you like and the things that you agree with and that's how you know that's how things shift it takes a while but but that's how it happens a thousand percent and like I didn't even start really understanding this idea until I came across your company I was like oh I can literally go find companies that that pay people equally that make their things ethically that have my size that stand for what I stand for. Like that does exist. There are enough people on this planet that have businesses and that are about causes that matter and that are not giving lip service. It's just that these 
big companies, you know, have more money because they're doing things on all shady and they're paying for ads on Facebook and they're paying for stuff on Instagram and they're pushing their ads, you know, on billboards in Times Square and they have a big, you know, hub on 42nd and Broadway, <laughs> H&M, all those. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so it's just irritating that it took me this long, but I'm glad I'm at where I'm at now. And, you know, I can hopefully um, keep other people like whatever we're in conversation about fashion, bring that up to them and hope that they make that shift too, because, you know, some people are just stuck in their ways. And then also, you know, I know a lot of models and I know a lot of other models, they, they get their little kickbacks from these companies and you know, how you make your coin is how you make your coin. But I just cannot support that anymore on my, for my own sake. Like it just doesn't sit well on my conscience. And I've even, I mean, you, for people that don't know me, you know, I get these stupid little comments on my pictures all the time about, Hey, DM us. And I love fighting with them and I love talking back to them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there was one that almost looked promising. And like, to go back to what you said, like I sent them an email and I was like, so who is your CEO? Where are your things made? And they kept running me in circles. And finally I was just like, okay, um, if you don't tell me where things are made or who's your CEO or what you guys are doing for X, Y, and Z, I'm not working with you. And um, it literally took a, a chain of like 10 emails and finally I just gave up. But it was just like, I really liked their products, but I, it's just, it didn't sit well with me that I didn't know these things. And the fact that I was talking to a real person and that real person was still running me in circles, I was like, oh, okay. Truly. You're hiding something up your sleeve. Um I mean, think of how much shorter that conversation would be if they had just said, this is a CEO, this is where we make things. I mean, I don't understand exactly. why that. There's no reason for that to take 10 emails unless you're trying to actively leave information out of the conversation. A thousand percent. I was like, cool. So I'm not interested and, you know, have a great life. But it was just so silly. Like you said, it shouldn't take 10 emails. I was like, okay, well, whatever. But um, anyways. That's a very long-winded answer, but I do want to add in that uh, another mm-hmm. thing I, I really just, I wish would change in fashion is the fat phobia that exists. <laughs> and that doesn't mm. only exist in fashion, it exists in this world. And um, But fashion, I feel like, is where a lot of it is stemming from. And it's just like, oh, it's so painful because people just don't take the time to like get educated on stuff. And, you know, some resources aren't available to a lot of folks and it's just like this whole cycle of misinformation and like, um, uh, how do you say it? Like they assume, you know, fat people are lazy or they assume fat people are uneducated or, or, or gross or ugly or disgusting because that's what's being fed to them. So it's like, I get that there's not resources for some people, but for a lot of folks, there are resources. And a lot of these folks run these big companies and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they give us the excuse of, oh, well, you know, making plus size clothes costs too much and there's not really a market for it. And you're like, really? Are are you kidding? Like (laughs) half of the folks that ID as women in the United States are probably a 14 plus, like more than half. Yeah. More than half. So how is there not a market for it again? And, you know, uh, and whenever some of these companies do take the chance on it and have models that are considered fat on their website, then here come trolls and they're not doing anything about it to like stop or like oh to shut them down or to support the models. And so, 
uh, it's just there are so many layers to fat phobia in fashion. It's just disgusting. And I really, yeah. really, truly wish that that would change. And, you know, as a fat person, like, I am very vocal about that on, like, <laughs> these brands that want to come slide into my DMs. I'm like, you have zero fat people on your site. Fuck off. <laughs> like, and <laughs> you can probably afford it, <laughs> like, to make the clothing, but you choose not to. So that gives me all the information I need to know. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I mean, so many, so many of the things you just said are some of my biggest pet peeves. And I, I feel like I answer a lot of those questions um, when people interview me. But um, recently, I did an interview with um, Crystal, uh, formerly of Curvy Girl Andre. Um, and now she's doing, well, she does many things. But one of the things she's doing is uh, fat product reviews, um, products for fat people re- reviewed by fat people. And she interviewed me the other day, which... Um, you can see a clip of it on my Instagram feed. But one of the things that she asked me was like, why don't other people do this? And, you know, the quick answer is always, well, they just want to. And you can go listen to the longer answer, but I'll, you know, quickly sum it up in that when <laughs> fat phobic people run companies, they're not going to advocate for fat people. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're just not going to. Um, but anyway, let, let's, let's close this out on a positive note. Uh- <laughs> So I know, what? like, oh, everything is terrible. No, no it's fine. I mean, I told, I mean, listen, I agree with you a thousand percent on all of this. So, for somebody who is listening to this and maybe wants to model but's never tried it or wants to advocate for themselves in the fashion industry and doesn't know where to start, like, what would be your little, you know, gem of advice for them? I would say to just do it because it literally serves nobody. Like, how do you say it? It's it's like, I have so many feelings about this because I literally would hear people tell me to just do it. And I never did it until like I did it. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I would tell people to like, just do it. And who cares what, what people think and like what people think of you, it, it's just, it's like, okay, RuPaul says it's so perfect. (laughs) And I have my thoughts about RuPaul sometimes, but you know, it's like, if they paying your bills, pay them bitches, no mind. Like who cares? Like what people think of you and like your, your legacy is only going to be determined on how you treat people not how you looked one day or, or if you did something that other people didn't like. And, you know, uh, falling in love with yourself is like a hard thing, but like celebrating it in the form of modeling can really help you do that. And like, maybe not for everybody, but it did for me. Like it took me years to even be like, I love my body. And it's because I took that risk of just not giving a fuck what anybody thought and stepping onto um, an audition floor and doing a model walk that I had no idea what I was doing, but I figured it out. And, you know, coming into amazing companies like yours, that was just like, you can literally be a model. doesn't matter what you look like. I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was a long, um, a long time in the making, but you know, I'm glad I did it. And for anyone else that's thinking about it, just do it. Like there's literally, we only live once and that's so cliche, but it's so true. Like just looking at everything that's going on, especially during this pandemic and all these folks that have lost their lives or that have had like super long lasting health effects that are negative, like, it's just like that could be us at any moment (laughs) and so might as well just Mm -hmm. like you know live your life and do something that's gonna you know 
fulfill you in some way. I don't know. I feel like my thoughts on that are all over the place because it took me so long. And I used to be like, I'm never going to model. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So, you know, I just think Mm -hmm. you should just do it and um, not care what anybody has to say about it. It's, it's, uh, it's going to help you fall in love with yourself, I think. (laughs) Well, was there, um, I know that I was going to wrap it up with that, but now I have, now I have a follow-up question, but (laughs) (laughs) so you're saying that, you know, um, everyone else kind of was telling you to just do it. And and then, you know, you just, you didn't until you did. Was there anything that occurred that was like, this is why I'm going to do this now? Or, I mean, was it like tied in maybe with your acting stuff or like an opportunity came along and you just took it, but like, or like what, what was going on in your um, brain and in your heart that you were like, you know what, this, this is when I take this step. So (laughs) here's the thing. Modeling happened on accident, Um, (laughs) but I secretly wanted to do it from a young age. Like it was just something I never said out loud. Um, I went into um, a Torrid store for the first time in like 2005. So I was a sophomore, I believe, in in high school. And I saw that they were doing a modeling contest. And again, Mm. I was very young and I, I was, you know, what are you, 15, 16 at that age? And I was just like, cool. The people on the photos don't look like me, but that seems very interesting. And they're plus size people. So I wonder. And so the following year they had it again. And it was just kind of like in my face at this point, because there was actually a few of those stores in my hometown of San Antonio. And it was one of the only stores at the time I can go buy clothes that I thought were at least cute. And, um, you know, fashionable in some way. So I kept seeing it. So then I secretly applied. I like took my own pictures with a throwaway camera, developed them secretly, like <laughs> put it in this application, mailed it off, kept it in. Then I got rejected. And then I did it again, got rejected. And this was all like on the low, like nobody was knowing that I was doing this. I was all doing this on the low. Mm. And then fast forward, I forgot about it. Years later, I'm at an audition for um, a play And I was at Simple Studios here in Chelsea, around the corner from where I'm at now. And I was waiting outside of the wrong door. I was literally like, I don't see any other actors here. Like, nobody's running lines. Everybody looks, like, beautiful. And I was like, what is happening? (laughs) And the guy that was monitoring the, 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 I guess they were model auditions, the guy that was monitoring that, he, he tells me, he's like, are you lost? And I was like, yeah, I'm actually lost. I was like, this isn't the audition for it. He's like, no, that's after he's like, you probably are early. And I was like, okay. And he was like, but she should do it. You should, you should audition. I was like, what? LOL. I've never thought about that. I didn't secretly apply for Torrid for years. Um, And so he was like, no, you should do it. And I was like, no, that's cool. So I didn't do it. But then I researched that night, what auditions were going on. And I can't, I don't even remember what it was for, but it was just something that I was like, well, this random person told me I should do it. I secretly Mm. always wanted to do it. That person saw what I look like. That person saw that I'm a very short Mexican woman. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's very apparent. And, you know, it, it just kind of stayed in my mind. And then um, I started researching modeling agencies and modeling management companies. And then I got involved in a management company. Um, and then that's kind of where my <laughs> modeling career started. All because, like, this guy was like, just do it. Why not? And I was mm-hmm. just like, you see what I look like, right? I don't look like anybody around here. <laughs> like, it was almost like, girl, what? Just, why not? And I was just like, oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> and that's kind of what sparked it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think sometimes you can hear 
you know, a little bit of advice or a positive message or encouragement, whatever the case may be, um, in in relationship to all types of things. And you could hear it a million times from your family or your friends or your partner. But then when you hear it from a stranger, sometimes it really just clicks with you in a way mm-hmm. that it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because you're like assuming, oh, they're just saying it because they love me or they're just saying it because they care about me. But a stranger doesn't have any investment in you. You'll probably never see them again. That was a quick interaction. Um, and they decided to say that to you. And, and right. it just like it just hits you different and you and you take that and, and you run with it. Right. That's a, that's so true. It it totally hits different from a stranger because like from from a stranger, it's just, I don't know. They're, they're like, yeah, why wouldn't you? And with your family, it's like, they're probably just saying that because they don't want to hurt your feelings. And mm-hmm. I used to always think my, my mom was telling me that because she didn't want to hurt my feelings. And then one day she was like, no, Alex, like you can really act like go be an actor and you're beautiful. Go model. And you know, she was, and my mom is one of those that's like, I'm going to tell you if you shouldn't. And I think you should. <laughs> it's like, that's what, that's like mm-hmm. where she comes from. Like a, I guess a tough love angle. Cause she's told my other siblings, like, you can't do that. Whatever. <laughs> and with me, she's like, no, I, I legit think you should do this because of X, Y, and Z. And I think you're talented. And I'm like, oh, thanks, mom. And, and, you know, this is a little unrelated, but my dad was kind of like, you know, should you really be an actor? And and it just seems like so, you might just have a life of disappointment. And like, oh, I don't know. So he had never seen me act when he said that. He came to New York, saw me mm. in a show right, right before I met you. He saw me in a show. Afterwards, he was like, oh, no, keep doing this. You, you need to keep at it. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. So, you know, like they, <laughs> they, they're they, just like super supportive in everything I do. But anyways, to bring it back to the stranger, I think you're 100% right. It just hits different because I feel like they're assuming you're already doing that and that you're already a model. And I don't know. When he said it, I was like, oh, snap. Like, I could do it. <laughs> and yeah, I, don't, I can't even well, tell you what that person looked like anymore. <laughs> remember them <laughs> i just well, remember the okay so a perfect segue anyone's listening to this that doesn't know myself or alex we're two strangers and we're here to tell you go do whatever your heart wants you to do you can do it <laughs> yeah take make, space. make the jump <laughs> yes take up space wear the crop top go to the casting uh <laughs> stand up yourself on the internet break up with him <laughs> That part. <laughs> oh my goodness. All of the above. Men are trash. Thank um, you so much for joining me, Alex. Thank you for having me. It's, you know, Beyonce's day of birth. And, um, you know, she's so late. She hasn't called me for her party yet, but, you know, she will. So. <laughs> <laughs> and tell everybody where they can follow you on the interweb. Yes, follow me on all things um, the interweb. You can find me on, I'm mostly on Instagram and Twitter. Um, actually, just go to my Instagram because there you can find my website. But my Instagram is at Miss Alexandra Castro, and that's M I S S because I'm fancy. So <laughs> at Miss Alexandra Castro. You can find me there and you'll see me talking shit to these big fashion robots that like to hit up my pictures <laughs> and slide in my DMs. And then I will post it so we can all laugh at them. <laughs> Fabulous. And I will uh, link that in all the places that it can be linked. Thank you so much, babe. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye, girl.
I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Fashion for All. Please be sure to check our show notes for information and links to our guests and their work. Be sure to subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice and leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. For more Smart Glamour goodness, you can head to smartglamour.com and follow us on Facebook at backslash smartglamour and Instagram at smart underscore glamour. Thanks.